should we just jump right into it? I think we should. Reservoir cladding. Reservoir cladding. Reservoir cladding. Reservoir cladding. This is 7 Minutes of BS. Building science with a beat. I'm Dan Morrison, editor of Pro Tradecraft, and you already know what Sarah Gray and I are talking about today. Reservoir claddings include brick, stone, terracotta, and even stucco that are all porous materials. Sarah is an engineer with RDH Building Science. So when exposed to rain or vapor diffusion... The pores will absorb and hold water until those pores dry out. Just like a dam holds back lake water, dam bricks hold on to rainwater, especially when it rains. But rain that falls vertically just sort of washes down the face of the brick. When Mother Nature introduces wind pressure into the equation, the physics get more. When driving rain hits a brick wall, at some point there'll be enough pressure that drives the water into the pores, and then the pores will hold the water. Brick is like a big, hard sponge. And a big brick wall is like a big, hard, spongy wall. Sort of. So if you have a full brick wall from inside to outside, you have rainwater coming from the outside, soaking inward. Now, if the interior side of a reservoir-clad wall has a high humidity, there will be a vapor drive from the inside outward. Two sides of a wall, two sources of moisture, although maybe different orders of magnitude. And that's fine as long as there are no vapor barriers um, or other vapor impermeable materials in the wall section. Which will trap moisture moving along its natural migration path, causing it to collect where you least expect it. In a really thick masonry wall can be just fine. And in fact, a lot of our old historic buildings were built that way, where you have a brick or stone wall that's a foot thick, two feet thick. And in some cases for taller brick walls, the walls are maybe up to three, four or five feet thick. So even if you'd have a real soaker of rain, the rain won't overcome the capacity of the brick wall to store water. Mostly because of the sheer mass of these big old spongy walls. They can absorb a lot more water than mother nature typically dishes out. At some point there's a balance that gets struck there's a stasis point or a balance point, and eventually the sun comes out and the vapor drive um, and drying potential work its magic to dry the wall out. Until the next rainstorm, that is, where the thick masonry wall will do it all again. These massive masonry walls can do this because they're capable of holding so much water. But houses with brick siding are a totally different situation. It only becomes a problem if the masonry is fairly thin. Like the brick veneer and stucco that covers all of those houses all over North America. When you're doing thin brick, you need to do something to deal with the water overload. Yeah, so the doing something is having an air gap, which allows the water to literally pour through the thin veneer brick, drop to the bottom of the cavity via gravity. And hopefully if the building is properly detailed, there'll be a flashing at the bottom of that cavity to take the water back outside um, to drain it away from the building. Kind of like stop, drop and roll. The water in a well-designed brick veneer wall goes plop, drop, and flow. That's the best case scenario. 
However, in some types of walls, you don't have a wide enough cavity or the cavity may have mortar droppings or other material in it that can then soak up rain and convey it further inside. The mortar, which is very porous, acts like a bridge from the brick to the structural part of the wall. A classic example is a brick wall that has a brick veneer, some sort of thin air gap, perhaps a half an inch or less, and then a concrete block masonry backup wall. When the sky opens up, the rain comes down. Next, the brick absorbs the water and the water moves from wet to dry, soaking inward. If the narrow cavity is bridged with mortar, it soaks all the way to the concrete block wall. Then you have the porous concrete block reservoir that then takes that moisture from the mortar. So rainwater is basically injected from the hand of Mother Nature to the concrete block wall inside the house. Or if the block wall is sitting on a floor slab, water drops to the floor slab and gets the inside floor wet. If there's carpet inside, you'll get bugs and mold. If there's an expensive wood floor, you'll get buckling and an expensive callback. Beyond the absorption flow we focused on, there can also be bulk rainwater leakage through a thinner masonry wall. So if there are gaps, cracks, and holes in the mortar joints or cracked bricks, rainwater can be driven through those cracks. And then through capillary action or just material absorption, water can be conveyed to the interior space. So yeah, water leaks into holes and cracks. Well, why it matters, nobody wants their carpet, drywall, and paint to get wet. Because if there's not enough drying within that space, we could lead to mold growth, odors, which could also lead to indoor air quality issues. So that's why it matters. And there are several ways that you can prevent that. First of all, we always like to have nice overhangs, soft fits, flashings, and drip edges. Architectural design solutions to the inevitable events of nature. Rain will happen, but it's what we do with that rain that matters. So if we have flashings and overhangs that can help shed water away from the wall, that reduces the exposure to the rainwater. Okay, let's say it together. Prevention, prevention is, is the, the first, first line, line of, of defense. defense. That prevention begins at the bottom of the wall with a through wall flashing that will help collect, collect water and direct it to the exterior. The other thing is we can force some air circulation by having vent holes at the bottom of a brick wall to help equalize the pressure between the outside face of the brick veneer and the inner cavity. If there's no pressure difference, there'll be no leakage. No pressure, no leak. So no pressure to get it right, folks. On big walls, you may need to embiggen your strategy. If the compartment is very large, it gets difficult to equalize the pressure with just gaps at the bottom. So you may need to design a venting solution for the top of the wall too. However, we need to be careful because the more holes that we put in the wall, there's more likelihood for water to leak in. Water leaking into walls is bad, but information leaking into your brain is good because you get paid for what you do and what you know. One thing you can do to know more is to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Google, or SoundCloud. Seven Minutes of BS is a production of SGC Horizon Media Network.